News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomason. This day we'll find both of the leading presidential candidates making a border run. Former President Trump visits the embattled community of Eagle Pass, Texas, overwhelmed by a tsunami of illegal immigrants and deadly drugs in the past few years. President Biden will stop in Brownsville, Texas, where the border situation has been much less severe. Former President Trump's claim of presidential immunity in the election interference case will be taken up by the Supreme Court. The high court will decide whether Mr. Trump can be criminally prosecuted. The decision by the justices calls into question whether his case could go to trial before the November election. While the court set a course for a quick resolution, it maintained a hold on preparations for a trial focused on Trump's efforts to overturn his election laws. The court will hear arguments in late April with a decision likely no later than the end of June. That timetable is much faster than usual, but assuming the justices deny Trump's immunity bid, it's not clear whether a trial can be scheduled and concluded before the November election. Early voting in some states will begin in September. Keith Peters reporting. More than a million acres have been charred by the enormous wildfires scorching the Texas panhandle and beyond. Lives disrupted, homes, businesses destroyed, at least one death. It was a, it's still emotional. It, it's, it's, this is our life. I mean, we've been here for 50 years, and it's, it's, it's pretty tough. Panhandle resident Richard Murray saying he lost his beloved pets along with his home. Key readout on inflation this morning. The PCE index, closely watched by the Fed, shows inflation remains very much with us. Prices rising another three-tenths of one percent last month from December, a 2.4 percent price rise from one year ago. On Wall Street, the Dow futures are up 44 points. NASDAQ futures 100 points higher. More on these stories at townhall.com. If you're the reason to be here, that's bigger than you are. From the creators of Jesus Revolution. Something about that little girl. I think I'm supposed to help. Based on the inspiring true story. My name is Sharon. I'm good at plenty of things. Taking no for an answer ain't one. Find your purpose. Make a difference. You want to go on an adventure? Yeah. Ordinary Angels. Starring two-time Academy Award winner Hilary Swank and Alan Richson. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters now. Relief factor. Pain relief that's natural. Pain relief that works. And pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success. This game's a news flash powered by Palm Mortuaries and Cemeteries. Stay active. Be healthy, make it rather well. Las Vegas Grand Prix has plans to offer more affordable tickets for this year's race. Race officials say they plan to create a new general admission-only zone, which will have single-day tickets available at the cheapest rates for the Grand Prix. No word yet on what those prices will be, though. Race officials say they sold 316,000 tickets for the inaugural Grand Prix weekend, which happened back in November. Current plans also call for the Grand Prix to expand its reach by working with lower-end properties on the Strip and in downtown Las Vegas. 
The Mirage ready to fire up the volcano after going dormant for most of February due to Super Bowl 58. The free volcano show will begin to erupt again tomorrow night. The iconic strip attraction will erupt every hour nightly from 8 to 11. The volcano will eventually go away, though, as Hard Rock International, the Mirage's current owner, transforms that property into the Hard Rock brand by building a guitar-shaped hotel tower on the volcano's spot. No word yet on when the volcano's final eruption will be. Wendy's is walking it back. The burger chain says it has no plans to increase prices during the busy times at its restaurants. The clarification comes after the company's CEO mentioned that they would be testing features like dynamic pricing at their restaurants. And it's the end of an era in a couple of ways over at News 3. Kelly Curran, the TV station's traffic reporter and meteorologist, leaving for a job in Sacramento, California. And after a 34-year run of flying the friendly skies of Las Vegas, the Sky 3 helicopter has been permanently grounded. Station officials say the cost of keeping the copter in the air, it just got too expensive. Too high its final flight was this past New Year's Eve. Take AM 670 with you wherever you go. Check out our website, 670KMZQ.com, 670KMZQ.com. Click on that Listen Live button. Flu season is here. You and your family need to boost your superpowers. Get vaccinated. And remember, you can vaccinate your family from six months of age at your nearest health center, pharmacy, vaccine clinic, or certain community centers. Remember that flu can especially affect over 65-year-olds, adults with certain chronic diseases, pregnant women, and children under five. Keep them super immune. Check with your health care provider or go to immunizenevada.org. With health, there is life. This message is sponsored by Immunize Nevada, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. KMCQ on time traffic is powered by Meineke Car Care Centers. Right now, you can get an oil change for only $39.95. Meineke, doing car care right. A couple of early morning problems on our Valley Freeways. Uh, we'll start on the east side of the Valley as you head toward Henderson on 95 southbound before Flamingo. Reports of an accident there southbound 95 before Flamingo. Also just off the southwest beltway, a uh, problem on the Jones off-ramp as you leave 215 westbound at Jones. Uh, from 215 westbound, so an accident on that off-ramp there. No reported problems on I-15 or Summerland Parkway. High winds are returning today. Gusts could whip up to 30 miles per hour under sunny skies. Today's highs in the low to mid-70s. I'm Mark Thomas with your on-time traffic and weather on AM670 KMZQ. The best way to get something done... If you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him, uh, foot. Check it out. And 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 Joan, Shengang, Shenga. Can I just say that of all the idiots in all the idiot villages. In all the idiot worlds, you stand alone. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Wall. 
Fun lovers and truth seekers, you have come to the right place. It is live and local for a Thursday, February 29th. It's leap year. Yes, it is. Uh, great to have you with us. My name is Kevin Wall. We will be with you till 9 o'clock uh, this morning. Uh, it is a big, big day in that we've got uh, both the current president and the former president uh, along our southern border. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that over the course of the next three hours. Uh, also, in case you, uh, you've been living under a rock, you know that in a landmark decision uh, that uh, Alabama's Supreme Court has ruled in favor of protecting embryonic human life uh, from wrongful death. What does all this mean? Uh, for that, we check in with Emma Waters. She's a... Uh, uh, a research associate for the Center for Life, Religion, and Family at the Heritage Foundation, and she joins us now. Emma, thanks for being a part of the show today. Really appreciate it. Hi, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, explain what this ruling says and explain what it doesn't say, if you would. Of course. So the Alabama decision on IVF rule specifically that in the case of the wrongful death of a minor child legal um, lawsuit that frozen embryos are considered persons and that's a very narrowly defined um, answer that the actual decision provides which simply says that if parents think that the clinic acted with negligence or carelessness in the care of their embryos in such a way that it resulted in the embryos being destroyed as happened in Alabama, then the parents have the right to pursue legal recourse. And when they pursue that legal recourse, the embryos are not considered property, like the trial court initially said, but are considered persons under an extension of the sanctity of human life law. So what it doesn't say then very clearly is, first, it does not in any way prohibit IVF. In fact, the decision goes so far as to say that it does not want to prohibit or even limit access to IVF, but specifically wants to empower parents who have suffered a wrongful death of their embryonic children. Um, and so not only does it not prohibit it, but it doesn't even prohibit the destruction of embryos in IVF itself. So technically, in Alabama, you can still choose to destroy your embryos um, if you're the parents or if you're the clinic. It's only if they think that there was negligence or carelessness in the care such that unintentional destruction took place that there's even grounds for a lawsuit right now. Um, so, yeah, so it's a very limited ruling, very precise definition, um, but doesn't actually in the decision itself impact how IVF is practiced broadly throughout the state, or at least it wasn't supposed to. Emma, uh, opponents to the ruling compare it to uh, undoing Roe v. Wade. Is it that wide-reaching? <laughs> no, not at all. And actually, there's been some really great commentary in National Review um, and a few other outlets from legal experts who really very clearly um, dismantled this idea that somehow the Alabama decision is related to the Dobbs abortion decision that reversed Roe v. Wade in June of 2022 or somehow related to Roe v. Wade itself. When in reality, the case is not related to any of the abortion hearings, and it's not addressing, um, again, what broadly happens to unborn life. It is specifically addressing, addressing legal recourse when it comes to how embryonic children are cared for in fertility clinics. Uh, let me ask you, Emma, uh, the, the harsh reality is that IVF routinely creates multiple embryos. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the, the political 
uh, implications of this. Uh, a lot of people are saying this is going to be like Roe v. Wade and it, that it's going to become a political issue. Will it become political? Yes. So it has already become a massive political issue, and it certainly was before this decision, and now it has become the political issue that is uh, totally ruling our national discourse right now, um, not only in Alabama, but everywhere with Republicans on the state and federal level really scrambling to um, decide their stance on these issues, decide how they're going to respond to see what bills they're going to put forward. Um, so specifically with this decision, um, what we're seeing is a lot of, uh, or what we have with the issue of in vitro fertilization itself is a massive problem for pro-life groups. So if you believe that life begins at conception when a sperm fertilizes an egg, which is what occurs in in vitro fertilization, just outside the body instead of inside the body, then all of the embryos that are created through IVF are considered a life. Um, and what's so interesting is the Alabama decision actually said multiple times that both parties, both the parents and the fertility clinic, agreed that life began at conception as a biological, as a medical definition. The difference of opinion came when they were asked if they would attribute a moral value to that life beginning. Does that life actually deserve the protection of children who were born or children who were in the womb or not? Now, many on the pro-life side would say yes, that regardless of what stage of development a child is at, be it the embryonic stage at the very beginning or be it a toddler running around at age two, that that child is a human person and deserves the rights and protections of the human person. So we shouldn't destroy the embryos. We shouldn't treat them in an inhumane manner um, because ultimately these embryonic children will develop into children unless something prohibits it. Um, but of course, it's very common in how IVF is typically practiced for multiple embryos to be created um, per one round of IVF. And we actually don't have clear numbers on how many embryos are typically created. I think the most conservative estimate in some cases would be only eight embryos at one time. Um, but we certainly have reports, um, even from folks like Paris Hilton, who talk about creating 20 embryos at one time in hopes of selecting the kind of child that they wanted. Hers based on the sex of the child, but certainly others have different factors that they're searching for. And so on average, I've seen about 10 to 15 embryos are created at one time. Now, of course, most parents don't um, intend to have 10 to 15 children. And if they do, they're not usually using IVF to get there. And so this poses a massive problem um, when it comes to what to do with the embryos that you decide not to use. And so given that we have about over a million frozen embryos in the United States alone, it suggests that many parents are view these embryos as their children in some form or fashion and are uncomfortable destroying them. But they also, due to a lack of informed consent with the clinic or perhaps just not fully thinking through the consequences of IBS, don't really know what to do with these children now. Again, Emma Waters joining us, the research uh, associate for the Center for Life, Religion, and Family at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, you did a, an outstanding op-ed in uh, Newsweek. Can you talk a little bit about the gist of your uh, 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 op-ed piece and, and, and what kind of opinion you, you, uh, you uh, exhibit here? Yeah, absolutely. 
So the long and short of the piece for Newsweek was simply saying that when it comes to this discussion on IVF um, and the decision in Alabama, that this decision doesn't prohibit IVF. And in fact, no one is suggesting that we should. IVF is legal in the United States. But in fact, it's actually so legal that there are very few regulations or proper accountability measures placed on the fertility clinic. So the way that I talked about it in the Newsweek article is to really frame the issue around what is best for parents and their children, placing their well-being over the profit margins and desires of the fertility industry. So certainly the fewer regulations they have, the less accountability that they have, the more space they have to simply practice IVF however they want to. Um, But in reality, the ones who suffer in that situation are the embryonic children and are the parents who are entrusting these embryos to the fertility clinic. So I highlight how in Alabama we've had about three fertility clinics um, temporarily cease IVF functions in the state to reassess their state law. And so this tends to fuel the national narrative that somehow this decision is prohibiting IVF. But in reality, what I argue is that seeing clinics shut down really suggests that perhaps they feel convicted that they were not providing the highest standard of medical care for the embryos in their protection. And if they could be sued, um, if they were negligent or careless in such a way that resulted in the destruction of embryos, that maybe it is a good thing that we rethink our laws that are governing IVF to make sure that we're actually providing the best possible protections for parents and children. And ultimately, um, I use examples like Louisiana, who has an Embryo Protection Act on the books where embryos cannot be destroyed and they're protected um, under an extension of their um, recognition that all persons at whatever stage are people. Um, But at the same time, IVF has continued to flourish in their state. And similarly, you have laws in Germany and Italy that actually restrict the number of embryos that are created at one time. Um, and how many can be transferred at one time so that you don't have a surplus of embryos left over, but you still have a flourishing IVF market um, where many parents are able to have the children that they desire. So is the IVF issue, is it a, a state issue? Is it a federal issue? Do we need federal legislation on this? So it's a good question. Um, We have one federal law that governs IVF, um, and it particularly is looking at the success rate of in vitro fertilization and other reproductive technologies. And this is governed through the Centers for Disease and Control Prevention, or the CDC. this, uh, the, the problem with this federal law, though, is that it's really limited in its scope. It's It's considering what the success rates of pregnancies are based on the self-reporting of clinics, and there's lots of concerns in the accuracy of that. And then it's supposed to report outcomes related to IVF treatments for children, for mothers, um, for others involved. But what it actually covers is, again, very limited in scope. So there certainly seems to be a role on the federal level um, of providing accountability um, and requiring good regulations in place that protect the well-being of children. And certainly there are many Democrats and some Republicans right now who are considering national laws related to IVF. The national um, laws that they're introducing, though, tend to be very problematic for a lot of reasons. And so it's one thing to say, here are basic regulations and accountability we want to see take place. And there's another to try to use the federal government to push through, like, a national mandate on IVF, which is what we're seeing from some offices. 
Um, so I do think that there's a lot of work that the states can and should do when it comes to governing how IVF is practiced, particularly dealing with some of these moral and ethical questions about the status of the embryo involved. Uh, this this Alabama embryo ruling, uh, is this going to lead us to a red state, blue state solution, uh, or, or is this going to be something that uh, uh, is going to be different than that? It's a good question, and I think that remains to be seen, largely because um, this is certainly a big initiative from um, Democrats in blue states, where they, they see in this IVF ruling an opportunity to try to sway voters in 2024. And so it's explicitly being utilized as a political weapon right now, and that's what makes this issue so complicated. This is not a good faith effort across um, all parties to consider what the best um, outcome and best regulations for IVF are, but it, IVF are, but it's really just a question of how can we frame this in a way that makes one side look good and the other side look bad. Um, so Democrats will certainly use it as a dividing decision. The real question will be how Republicans choose to address this, um, primarily because most Republicans do not want to be caught in a binary. We support, we don't support IVF. And most of them are in favor of IVF, from what I can tell. But in being in favor of IVF, they would still like to have pro-life um, limitations in place that regulate it well. And so the real question will be if Republicans are able to stand strong in that and actually fight for good regulations to ensure that IVF works for the families involved. Emma, if folks want to check out your Newsweek op-ed or if they want to find out what you're doing at the Heritage Foundation, uh, where can they go? Where can they find you? Absolutely. So if you Google Emma Waters, the Heritage Foundation, or Emma Waters at the Daily Signal, you'll find most of my articles, including my Newsweek article, listed there. It's it's fascinating stuff. It's great reading. Emma, thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show. Really appreciate it. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. All right. That sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Emma Waters, the research uh, associate for the Center for Life, Religion, and Family at the Heritage Foundation. They do such great work at the Heritage Foundation. They really honestly do. Stay with us. More to do as we continue. Don't forget, coming up top of the hour, Cash Patel, the uh, former chief of staff of the Department of Defense and uh, a uh, close confidant of Donald J. Trump. It was a big day yesterday for Trump. Mixed bag legally. We'll talk about that and a whole bunch more coming up as we continue on AM 670 KMZQ. The revolution is being broadcast. Wayne Allen Root, this afternoon, 3 to 6, on AM 670 KMZQ. Talk radio, done right. When was your last trip to the dentist? Has it been a few years? Five years? More? Hey, Kevin Wall here. For years, I went without dental care, and then I found Dr. Joe Willardson at True Dentistry. Dr. Joe and his caring staff converted me from a scared, high-anxiety patient to one that breezes through exams. Whether it's been years since your last dental visit, or if you just haven't found a good dentist in Vegas yet, I hope you'll do what I did. Call True Dentistry, 702-434-4800. The number again, 702-434-4800. Right now, True Dentistry is offering a free smile simulation to all new patients. A $150 value, absolutely free. True Dentistry has two convenient valley locations in the Southwest and in Summerlin. Call 702-434-4800. That's 702-434-4800. Or check them out at truedentistry.com and tell them Kevin Wall sent you. 
Why do so many Las Vegas voters support Ron Quince for Congress? Because they trust Ron Quince. Trust is everything. As a businessman, I've earned the trust of my employees, my clients, my investor, and my partners. Trust is essential in business. This is just what we need. Principled conservatives we can trust in Congress. I am running to represent the people of Congressional District Court, the hardworking families and businesses, big and small, to make sure your voice are heard and your government is a partner working with you. Ron Quince is not afraid to speak the honest truth, even if it's unpopular. Making good decisions has allowed me to grow a successful business. Trust has been the cornerstone of that success. Good decisions resulted in benefits for those who count. This is why so many Vegas voters trust Ron Quince to make the right decision for our country. Your vote in the primary election June 11 is a vote for trusted judgment and conviction to your voice, your needs. Ron Q for Congress. Trust, integrity, and experience. Paid for by Ron Quince for Congress. Hey friends, it's Patrick Casal, the MultiCare Group. With the difficulty in finding quality employees to ensure your business thrives, I have a solution for you. Offer employee benefits. Benefits are 100% tax deductible to the employer, income tax-free to the employees and dependents, can be used nationally, and are far more robust than any other individual plan being offered. The MultiCare Group can help you obtain affordable quality health benefits. We have access to association health plans that offer multiple options, attractive rates for you and your employees, with national access and the finest hospitals and physicians in the United States. Call the MultiCare Group today for your no-obligation quote, 702-396-9449. We have access to all the carriers that offer health insurance, dental coverage, vision care, group life and disability insurance. Allow our relationships to guarantee you the most competitive rates. The MultiCare Group can provide you with all these services, plus we can offer payroll services at the most competitive rates, along with the best workers' compensation programs available in the country. Call Patrick Casal of the MultiCare Group today, 702-396-9449. Pro Price Cooling and Heating has you covered for all your cooling and heating needs. Call 702-742-3310 or go online at ProPriceAC.com to book your appointment. Get a 21-point inspection and a spring tune-up and cleaning for only $49. That's $130 value for only $49. Make the call, 702-742-3310. We offer Rheem products that are tested, trusted, and tough with a 10-year warranty on parts and labor. For the right price, call Pro Price 702 702-742- 3310. Just let them know we sent you. For the right price, call Pro Price. Demopolis. 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 Why am I saying it three times? Because, ladies and gentlemen, they are the 2023 Best of Las Vegas winners three times. Yes, and it's going down for the second year in a row. I'm sure you heard about it by now, but if not, let me let you in. This year, they won gold for Best Accident Lawyer, gold for Best Injury Lawyer, and gold for Best Trial Lawyer. I'm telling you right now, if you're still thinking about who you should hire as your accident injury lawyer in Las Vegas, you should know the answer by now hire nevada's legal elite demopolis law baby we win visit them at legalelite.com you're listening to live and local with kevin wall on am 670 kmzq talk radio done right Live and local. By the way, this hour of Live and Local is brought to you by Sinatra and Streisand together at the Aliante. That's right. Two musical icons, Frank Sinatra and Barbara Streisand, come to the Aliante Hotel and Casino 
for two nights only, March 22nd and 23rd. It's my buddy Robbie Howard and Sharon Owens, two of the top tribute artists in the world, coming together for uh, two nights with award-winning music and hilarious comedy. I, can I tell you, they are wonderful together. They really honestly are. Advanced tickets on sale right now through Ticketmaster. That's March 22nd and 23rd at the Aliante. Um this was a major, major day that we have just uh, crossed. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, Andy McCarthy is a Fox News analyst, a former federal prosecutor. And uh, yesterday, of course, we had the uh, deposition by Hunter Biden. And uh, this was his reaction to what was an incredible, incredible six-hour deposition. Here it is. Yeah, I thought that Hunter led with his chin at the beginning of the day when he did an opening statement that said that the father was never involved, uh, that he never involved his father with his business associates. They had numerous different uh, instances in black and white statements showing that he precisely involved his father in his business dealings, most notoriously that WhatsApp message, which was extortionate in connection with one of his Chinese uh, business partners where he said, I'm sitting here with my dad and basically pressured him to uh, to close a deal. Um, I, I have to say, Neil, two things uh, on the basis of, uh, uh, of the reporting we just heard. Um, first, it makes perfect sense that the Republicans wouldn't go public if they've gotten something explosive in the deposition, if the deposition is still going on, which we understand that it is, because as an investigator, you wouldn't want to say something public and then Hunter's lawyers find out about it and they try to repair it or fix it while the deposition is still going on. If he said something that's either incriminating or troubling, you want to lock him in on that and leave it in the transcript uh, rather than go out and brag about it while he can still fix it. And secondly, with hmm. respect to Dan Goldman's comments, that's that's remarkable. Hunter's business partners included the Bank of China and the Chinese Development Bank, which are, are uh, which are arms of the communist regime there. So to try to draw a distinction between his business partners and what he said were apparently were Jared Kushner's is um, remarkable. Uh, Andy McCarthy, the Fox News uh, legal analyst, uh, talking about the uh, Hunter Biden deposition. Uh, it was just an incredible day yesterday, a big news day. We're going to get to it all. Uh, Cash Patel will help us coming up top of the hour. Stay with us. More to do as we continue on AM 670 KMZQ. The Vegas Sports Report is brought to you by Finley Chevrolet, located on 215 and South Rainbow, home of the... UNLV women's basketball nearly got upset by Boise State last night at Cox Pavilion. The 24th-ranked Lady Rebels were 20-point favorites over the Broncos but needed overtime to extend their win streak to 10 games.